0: Hello, and welcome to Furloughed, defining moments worth talking about. I'm your host, Leonard Cochran, and with me is Steve Otterstrom. And Steve, this is our, I don't know if we want to call it a grand finale, but this is, this will be our last podcast of the year until we return on Monday, January the 4th. So we're kind of singing... Let all acquaintance be forgotten, and what's that old lang syne today? I guess.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, um, a lot of people are excited to get out of 2020. You and I, I think, more so than most, because we've just decided <laughs> to end the year a few weeks early. There you go. There <laughs> and, you And go. of course, we will be back in 2021, and and we're looking forward to that. But essentially, what we're doing is we're just taking a two week break, um, and uh, Getting ready for something new, and I'm I'm excited to to have that time as well. Yes, absolutely. Well,
0: and uh, you know we've done a fair amount of reflection on our podcast here recently, but it really is just a great time to kind of regroup as we look towards the new year. And so I know you and I will be brainstorming on things that we want to do with the podcast and see what we can do to kind of bring it to the next level. And then in addition to that. Uh, Some things that we've got in store that you and I are working on, we'll share at some point during our podcast, I'm sure, here uh, with some folks and let them know about that.
1: But uh, Yeah. Well, and I hope it's not too big a secret, you know, because I I like to tell people all the time that, (laughs) so the the secret's getting out, but that Leonard and I are working together, collaborating um, to write a book. Um, It's something that both of us have wanted to do for quite a while. And uh, we're hoping as we go into next year that we actually can um, share some of that experience with you. Um, not asking you to edit for us or anything. Uh, <laughs> Although someone's going to have to do that. Someone's sure. going to have to do it and it will not be me. I think, I think if, yes. if you want to go back to one of our earlier ones where I, um, I uh, share my struggles with dyslexia, I, I certainly do not want to put that on, on the rest of you. So yeah, Leonard has been brave and, yeah. uh, uh, you you have been brave uh, to agree to to do this task with me. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's it uh, it like you say it's something that's been on the burner for a number of years, and we've got a good foundation laid, a good outline set up. So it's just a matter of uh, using some of our holiday time, and then just making it a real goal for next year to delve a little deeper and see if we can't get it published. Uh, somewhere during the year next year 2021. so but with that, this is kind of the year that we time of year that we reflect back a little and I know, gosh Steve, I was trying to think it, it wasn't but just the year before last <laughs> so in 2019 I, I think that I took about 12 trips work related trips during the year year before I think I took 15, 16. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember if I traveled for work in 2020 or not. I really think I went somewhere in February, but it was just an over quick overnight trip, and I can't even remember. So if you're listening to me and I visited you in February or somewhere early in the year, <laughs> I apologize. I have already forgotten you. But boy, what a year this has been.
1: Well, it, it, it hasn't really been. And I think it's interesting because like, the pandemic for many of us is like, this is when 2020 really started and and it was interesting because as we were talking uh, before the podcast started, I was thinking, okay, well, what happened this year? And everything was like pandemic and afterwards. And then, you know, I looked up online just to get some ideas of things. I'm like, Oh yeah, there was that whole impeachment that happened. That was actually a big episode um, (laughs) when uh, uh, president Trump was impeached uh, by the house and then acquitted by the Senate. That that was that was a big deal. That was all over in the news. But it was almost like I forgot that even happened, or that happened in the same year. year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. And it should have been the biggest news of the year, uh, you know, because it's it's just a very rare thing. You know, um, three times in American history has that ever happened, Um, and one of them was in this year. And 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 it's kind of just was like, oh, no longer even an issue because of the pandemic and and the many things that have affected us since then yeah it really has overshadowed so much i I know
0: you you too uh mentioned you know kind of the me too movement and uh the the court cases around that um but yeah it's just incredible what's 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 kind of happened and what's sort of gotten lost because the pandemic just overshadowing
1: things yeah well and i think it's interesting because you know that again we've said this before but people looked at 2020 as you know 2020 vision it's the year we're gaining clarity and mm-hmm. you know and, and i i still feel to some degree that's what happened you know in that um maybe one thing that we had lost sight of is that um we are a global community yeah. we really are you know that uh, humankind should have always been more important than our individual citizensry and whatever uh, countries we may be from. We should have seen ourselves primarily and first and foremost as part of a human family uh, before yeah. our, our patriotic fervor or whatever may may follow after that. And, uh, and if there's one thing I think the pandemic showed us is that um, at least when it comes to viruses, There's no difference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. That's not really funny. But yes, that is (laughs) true. But
0: yeah, and and two, I think it just, again, brings out the realization of how interdependent we are as well, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I do remember, you know, January, February, before things really sort of officially hit American shore, where we were watching, I, I would use the term, watching the lights go off in China. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the fact that you and I worked for a global company at the time, we were aware beyond what news media was talking about. We, Mm -hmm. we had personal relationships with some folks that had already been under lockdown prior to January arriving or in, or in early January, they were under lockdown already. And so it was almost like watching a shadow cast over the globe, starting in the East and working its way Westward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, it has just been a challenge and I know so much of my memories this year really happened during the kind of that early period of the pandemic. Uh of course, you know, it was April that you and I were on furlough. And so I remember just prior to that though, there was a business trip that I was being scheduled to do for an elective class and uh, oh yeah they were going to do it they were going to do it and no they're not going to do it you know yeah and then it it was just a couple weeks later i had opportunity to take family vacation in march and that was the first kind of all family vacation that we have taken since we've had grandchildren and so it's been a number of years since my family's done that so we all did that uh, not a massive trip. We went to Atlanta to see the aquarium in the Coca-Cola Museum. Great aquarium, by the way. Um, but as we were there, that's when the world just, uh, the NBA stopped playing and the world just slowly started shutting down here in the United States as a wave uh, across the country. And it, 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 it felt like one of those movies where the storm was behind us. I forget which one that is where there's a giant storm and the pickup trucks trying to outrun the storm. Well, we weren't in a pickup a truck, twister. But it sure felt like it. <laughs> yeah. One of those, you know, where it's just, it's going to catch you no matter what kind of thing. And yes. uh,
1: so it was just uh, kind of surreal to say the least. Well, and, and for me, you know, I, it really hit me that, that, that this was a real thing when I, I was actually going to Brazil and then from Brazil to El Salvador and then home. But on my way out, um, I boarded a plane in Los Angeles. And when I got off the plane in Los Angeles, I looked around the airport. I saw something I hadn't been seen before, and that was masks. Probably Mm -hmm. about 30 percent of the people in the airport were wearing masks. And um, I thought, oh, this pandemic, (laughs) it's 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 actually coming it's on its way off. I go to Brazil while I'm in Brazil. And actually one of the interesting things for me was this was again, a surreal moment. Um, I had a connection in Panama and I get off the plane and we're met by people in hazmat suits. Mm. And um, they're taking our temperatures They go through and interviewing each and every one of us as far as where we have been in the world. Mm. And I thought, Oh, well, you know, this is not what we're doing in the US, but it looks like the rest of the world is aware of this right now. Then, um, you know, I, I got off the plane in in um, Brazil and everything went well there, but Brazil got its first case while I was there. I swear I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the one. Um, but, I'll you know, this-
0: same is true for Atlanta, Steve. They got their first case while, <laughs> while I was you were there. there. It wasn't my fault either. Yeah, just <laughs> disclaimer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not that I'm endorsing any films because um, I, I have a feeling this is a film that I really enjoy, but probably would not be one that you would enjoy very much, Leonard. And that was Borat yeah. too, <laughs> where we learned yeah. that actually Borat was the one that did it. Ah. uh, spoiler for anyone that's going to watch that movie um i don't think i'm spoiling it for you leonard because um i can stay up front you will not enjoy it but it is my type of crude humor so (laughs) uh i I, maybe i'm the borat that that brought it around the world so then um left brazil and when i got into El salvador they almost didn't let me in the country um i was i was held aside for about two hours uh, while I waited because I, I had just, I had come from Brazil and Brazil had had hits first case. Um, and, you know, so I, I had to wait for a physician to see me or to, you know, to answer some questions. They didn't do a physical or anything. My temperature mm-hmm. had been taken when I got off the plane. Uh, but then eventually they let me in after like three hours of, of being wow. in the airport. Um, and then um, did my thing there in Brazil and, and flying back, you know, again, I think I connected I don't remember where I connected through, but when I arrived in, I think it was Texas. It was so crazy because the, the pandemic had been on the front of everyone's mind. Anytime I went through an airport, there mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, hazmat suits and temperature checks and I arrive in the U S and there's nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. Nobody yeah. even asked me a question about where I had been from. You know, I just went through customs away I normally do, mm-hmm. you know, declaring anything I had to declare and and i was home yeah. and then a week later found out that we were losing our jobs for a little while or maybe for a long while in the cases you know it might been might have been and um i think the other thing that really hit me that this was real was just before we went on furlough of course everyone knew that there was this furlough there were very few people where we were working that were actually going to continue working um so almost all of us uh, got together on a call on the very last day and just, you know, kind of had a last hurrah and it was all, there was a lot of see you all in 90 days, kind of the yearbook signing, you know, yes. <laughs> have a great yeah. summer type of yeah. things. What yeah. are you going to do with your furlough? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, people like, well, I'm going to learn, you know, to parasail or whatever it was, <laughs> you know, people had these lofty goals and it, it it hit me that we would never be together again. You know, in my mind, and of course, and I think many people felt the same way, but we were, we were kind of keeping a stiff upper upper lip about it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it it hit me. This is, this is the last time we're ever going to be together. We're not allowed to say it because nobody wants to be the person that's like, "Uh -uh, (laughs) this is not going to happen. But it hit me that, that even if we came back, things were going to be so different. There was going to be restructuring, there were going to be All of those things, and then, and then, you know, the rest is history after that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I I don't know. I do certainly remember that last call that you're talking about. And I I don't know that I necessarily was so aware that things would change as what you're talking about. But I know, as, as I shared on some of our early podcasts, as we were talking about our furlough experience, um, I do know that I knew it wasn't a summer vacation and it wasn't going to be as grandiose as everybody was Mm -hmm. painting the pictures to be. And just having been through a a period of uh, in-between jobs and and all of that myself, a place I worked shut down, I've shared that story already, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I I knew that there'd be a, a sense of loss and there'd be a sense of longing to return. So I I thought I was pretty well prepared to go through that furlough, as much as one can be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll tell you, the the lowest point for me this year, um, really, really probably was in June. So Mm -hmm. we, you and I, were scheduled to return somewhere in early July from our furlough, and of course, you got news otherwise. (laughs) Yes, Um, but. I knew once we'd hit you know, we were crouching up on mid June, we hadn't heard a thing. And if there were good news, we'd have been hearing something, is the what I had thought. Mm-hmm. And so here it creeped right up. I think it was the just right the last towards the last week of June, the very last, where we did get news that uh those that some of us would be returning and some would not. And basically, stand by and wait and see. Mm -hmm. And you got your news, I got my news of returning, but we knew at that point our company, it was publicly announced that one in six would not be returning. 20% of our workforce would be gone. And then just the thought, not only of losing so many team members and so many friends, but the thought of knowing, okay, we've got another 90 yet to go this just happened, 90 to go, what's going to happen at the end of this 90 or even yeah. before this 90 is complete? And that was, that, that for me was, I'll say my darkest hour, so
1: to speak. And probably a pretty long dark hour. I mean, because it was the whole 90 days that you had to wait. Because I remember very well, you know, when the news came through, and I think for you initially, there was a little bit of excitement because there was hope. You know yes. you, you you saw that you had uh, made it through the first cut and then oh it was know, horribly bittersweet absolutely yeah, yeah you know hey i <laughs> i still have a job i think <laughs> but i don't know because i'm not back yet you know yeah. yeah yeah well and 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 you know i think even at that point i would have probably been excited too to have had that you know okay <laughs> i i might be around but i i really felt very quickly afterwards, I felt blessed in a way. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it, to, to one, know what was going to happen. I could start planning my life at that point. And I, I remember thinking if I had to wait 90 days, and especially from the perspective that unemployment doesn't go that long, <laughs> you know, yeah. you run out of unemployment. It, it's not, a, and especially because there hasn't been a second round of, of um, a COVID-related relief package. Unemployment is not going to take you six months, yeah. and even if it did, unemployment is what sixty percent of your pay. It might change a little bit from state to state, but you oh, know drastically, my friend.
0: Yeah, it's a <laughs> it huge is not sixty percent in Mississippi or Tennessee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I don't even remember. It's been a while since I've gotten anything. And even with that, if you if you're doing work, you know, like many of us were were seeking out um, some independent contract work, and it didn't take much work. Before they're like, oh, yeah, you're too wealthy (laughs) to get any help anymore. You know, and that $600 a week that was coming from the federal government was great, but it dried up and it dried up right about the time that people found themselves in the worst situation possible where they had been through, maybe used up a majority of their unemployment and now we're facing another three months, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I actually felt rather fortunate on, from one end, I knew what was happening. I mean, I felt fortunate, but also I, I, I felt the victim too. <laughs> it yeah. depends on when you, when you talk to me, you know, uh, and how I might have felt. Um, yeah, which but then, minute of the day? It which was. minute of the day? Uh, <laughs> but I had also um, not used any pay time off the mm. entire year. I had saved up all the way to the maximum amount of pay time off. So I had like five weeks of pay that was still coming. Then um, there was a, it wasn't a huge severance, but there was a severance coming as well. And so it was kind of like, well, there are people who are going to be let go at the end of this second one. And I've actually got a little more than two months of pay still coming to me. You know, so in some ways I was, I felt much better off because I knew what was happening. I had some money that was going to continue to come while I tried to build up more contract work. Yeah. I'm just super lucky that, you know, the company that um that I I do most of my contract work through w- were so generous with me in giving mm-hmm. me work right away. I mean, I was the new kid on the block and and instantly they they were giving me um, you know, quite a a, a significant number of hours, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it was less money than I'd been making before, but uh, it it paid the mortgage nicely.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of important when you don't have <laughs> steady work otherwise. Yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, and you you were positioned well. Uh, you know, hindsight of course, looking at mm-hmm. it, you were positioned well because, as you said, you had already picked up contract work. Our our employer even encouraged us to find contract work while we were on furlough, and so you had picked up some contract work prior to actually being released. And so it it gave you just a little more of a pivot to jump Mm -hmm. in and and go a little more deeper into that. And and as you say, fortunately, they had availability for you. Um, And then from my end, um, I knew that the the big stimulus that we had here in the United States was ending in July. And so I knew I needed to take some action because I had not picked up any contract work at the time I was busy painting the hallway, the garage, the living room, the kitchen, the shed, uh, the carport, I was busy painting everything. And that, that uh, not being a painter, that took me almost the whole 90 days to do what I <laughs> yeah. did. So I had to pivot and then find something to do to subsidize that unemployment. Because as you say, and as I mentioned, Mississippi is far from 60% of your income. And so I took on some contract work, which was <laughs> oddly enough just enough to bump me out of unemployment. But I don't think I benefited any more financially in doing it because I, I unfortunately didn't have the demand that you did uh, to mm-hmm. get the number of hours that you were able to sustain. Uh, but nonetheless, made it through fortunately, and then just so so blessed to be called back in October. And by then, savings was just about to reach rock bottom. We were very fortunate to have a savings. Uh, like you, I kind of collect my vacation time and don't necessarily spend it. Um, but we also had socked away money for that vacation for when it was ready to be spent. And it got spent on furlough instead. So, Yeah. Uh, but, of course, I don't see us traveling too far too soon anyhow. So.
1: Well, and I'm curious, and and maybe this is just me and my prideful way of saying things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But one of the challenges I had, um, which was maybe a little unexpected, is, um, you know, with unemployment and unemployment is insurance. It's not an entitlement program, but I felt like in many ways, the way it was administered, um, it wasn't like I was collecting on an insurance policy. It was almost treated like know especially as i had to do the weekly reports and what have you done i mean originally we didn't have to do that but eventually we got to the point that we had to say you know what have we done to find new work and have you denied any work throughout in some ways i i felt almost some shame Mm -hmm. in in being part of what in many ways felt like you're on this welfare program that maybe you don't quite deserve did you have any any feelings like that did you have to work through any of those, like your pride being <laughs> hurt by yeah. having to get help, um, yeah, yeah, and of course each state is different. So I, I know for
0: mine, um, yeah, we had the questionnaires, but because of selecting, we were out of work because of COVID. It just let us bypass those mm-hmm. questions of looking for work and so on. Um, but yeah, definitely early on, in particular, you know, when we first started receiving unemployment. Because that's, the site is there to help people find gainful employment, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I start clicking through and here's a build a resume and here's job openings. And of course, (laughs) sadly, bless Mississippi's heart, uh, about three months in, that that one job that was an hour away was still posted. (laughs) And, you know, it it paid, you know, it paid a little bit above minimum wage and it was still posted out there. So I suspect... The, the good folks that work for the employment agency in Mississippi were busy trying to handle the people with their uh, with their funds rather than worrying about actually placing people. Uh, but it was kind of humorous to see, you know, because you typed in your zip code and what's nearby and, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was, I'll, I'll say it, it was a, a Sonic was needing a manager about an hour away and, uh. and I'm just not sure I could drive that far and to work at a Sonic, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, yeah. but yeah, it, there's there definitely was some kind of guiltish feelings, and then when I did again back to me and my situation, I I did some contract work, and the f- second week of doing contract work is when I earned more than my un- unemployment. The first week was mm-hmm. a little bit less because it was just training hours. The second week I earned a little bit more, and boom unemployment was gone. So the third week I went back to fill out the form again, because this is what I've been doing for so many months. And I would have had to start over filing a brand new claim. And it's, I I knew it wasn't a new situation for me. I wasn't going to fight to figure out how to jump through the hoops and get unemployment again, especially knowing I had some contract work lined up. So at that point, um, Not that I'm that great of a guy, but I decided to just bow out and not try and not try and get into the system and get any more funds.
1: You know, which is interesting because it is an insurance program. So, in a sense, like you know, and that was one of the things I I thought about. I'm like, you know, if 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 life insurance worked like this, or you know, these others where you know you paid into it, and I thought I remember thinking as I went was going through unemployment, I'm like, I've been employed for you know. the last 20 years of my life, 20 plus years of my life uh, continuously, yes. and, and now I need help for a few weeks <laughs> or maybe yeah. in a few months. And it's like, in fact, if I looked at the total amount that I could possibly get out of unemployment, it was only a few thousand dollars, mm-hmm. you know, when it to- showed your total amount that you could collect before it right. all ran out. And, yeah, and I, I
0: ticked down every week. I I yeah, knew what that
1: balance was. Yeah. Exactly. And and just thinking, you know, you pay a premium. And and granted, you know, I'm not personally paying it. It's going through the my employer. The employer's actually paying that premium, but they're paying it from what they would have paid me. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, you pay a premium on something for you know 20 years like that. And it's value is so little at the in yeah. the end. You know, it's it's a few thousand dollars that is given to you in, in teeny little bites that aren't really quite enough to take care of anyone's needs. You know, and I think that was another uh, concern I had, you know, when looking at, at unemployment is like, well, this doesn't fix the healthcare issue, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that was my, my biggest concern initially is how am I going to get insurance? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to insure a, an entire family? And, you know, our employer was in a situation that they really couldn't offer much, you know, as far as, uh, as what was actually most important to many of us who were being laid off. And that was having insurance longer uh, when mm-hmm. we were given the notice that we were laid off. And it was you know about, a I think, either a week or two weeks before it happened, you know, that we're in furlough. The day that we were laid off was also the day we were losing insurance. And, you know, Cobra is so expensive. It was not even an option. We would have gone uninsured at yeah. that point. And so, of course, I went out to look in the healthcare.gov, the exchange programs. You might hear it called Obamacare, <laughs> and yes. um, it was really the only place that we could have gotten insurance that was was affordable. But even at affordable, you know, we were paying a, a larger premium yeah, than what I had paid I before, paid and had a deductible that was about well, individually eight thousand dollars per person and seventeen thousand dollars per family. So Ooh. essentially we were paying to insure us against a catastrophic illness or incident. But otherwise, everything we were going to do with our health care was going to be paid out of pocket unless it was, you know, yeah, you know, like your your um, what do they call it, preventative care. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that was also an eye opener. It wasn't like something I hadn't known before. The challenges that people have in the United States in accessing good health care. Um, I, I understood it intellectually, but I hadn't been in that situation until that, that moment of going, you know what, I could have a kid that could get sick, and there wouldn't be anything I could do for them.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I would have to, if I had that kind of insurance, I would have to threaten my family that if you get sick, I'm going to have to kill you. exactly. it's it's cheaper
1: that way sorry you know your 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 arm is sore well you know it's not gonna last long well and to move into something that would have been comparable of what I would have had before with like kind of the 500 or a thousand dollar deductible before Mm -hmm. the insurance kicked in um would have more than doubled the premiums I would have to pay I everything I made would have gone towards paying for insurance yeah and um you know uh, while insurance is is important and it, and it helps you with your health, eating actually generates better health. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. being that we would need to eat and and have you know shelter and things and and pay the internet bill, which allows me to to do the virtual work that I do, you know that there was just no option of getting better insurance. We had to get scrape the bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel, but at the very least, if anything were to happen, you know <laughs> after getting on a payment plan for the $17,000 yeah. that I might have to pay. Um, there would be a way of, of, of covering, you know, catastrophic things, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. if, if a kid got, you know, leukemia or something like that, these horrible right. things that you hear about, there would be a way to, to pay for that. Um, yeah. But that was one of the biggest fears for me and learning items is, is finding myself a little bit, just a little bit on the other side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I guess fortunately, I never came to the point that I had to worry about the insurance. Um, but yeah, I, I could I could talk for hours about insurance to begin with, even without going to the experience you did. Uh, n- n- not a big fan. It's a necessary evil. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I played the game of insuring the family every other year because that's how often you got optical care back then. And uh, you know, you when you when you're young, you roll the dice and do a lot of things. Uh, yeah. But now, now being the age that I am, uh, you know, I, I do, I'm a good boy and I keep the insurance, but it's not because I want to. Um, mm-hmm. But anyhow, but we're not really talking about
1: insurance for the entire program. today. <laughs> no. so we, can, we, we can move on real quickly here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When I think, you know, just as, as we kind of move through talking about, that experience i think that was kind of the low area for both of us you know uh was where i i lost my job you kept yours but had to keep it in a longer darker tunnel (laughs) yeah
0: in 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 its own way too and i i don't know that i've spoken to this steve but in that second announcement when when you know that that decisive middle of the 90 90 plus 90 happened um for me, it was an eye opener. Um, it was a wake up to, you know, and I, I hate to admit it took that long, but it was a wake up for what am I doing and what do I want to be doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, I very much love the work that I do in the learning development world, but it just was this, you know, assessment that becomes necessary to, okay, if things go south, if I happen to be the next Steve. You know, then mm-hmm. then what is my plan? What what do I plan to do and how am I gonna handle it? You know, if if indeed uh, a layoff comes rather than a furlough. And, yeah. Uh, so it really in that sense for me that was a wake up time for me to just kind of reassess and it, it did spark some life in me to kind of assess that and make some decisions and be aware of what what could happen in a in a economy like this? You
1: know, well, and I, th- I think for me, the wake up call was really what self-employment can be, you know, mm-hmm. because when when it um, when we were first put on 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 furlough and knowing and seeing what other organizations were doing, I, I started putting my resume out there just to just to see, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and it I didn't really get anything from that and. Uh, when I got laid off, although I was getting some independent contracts, you know, I, I, in more earnest, I, I started putting my resume out there and I started applying for, you know, who knows how many positions I applied for, um, but I learned (laughs) that, uh, while in the past, I always felt like being employed by someone else was, was gave you a, a sense of security. You knew how much money you're getting every single month i learned that you actually don't know that you have a myth uh you have a a theory (laughs) that Mm -hmm. next month you'll get paid the same amount that you'll get be uh, be paid by this employer uh but you don't really know that it's still just from month to month you know the only way that you know uh that you're not getting laid off is if you are the boss (laughs) yeah I, I, I'm, I'm not downsizing my operation of one because uh, I wouldn't save any money. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if I don't make money this month, well, I just got to dig in and try and find some, some more work and make it next month. Uh, but you don't have that opportunity when you work for an employer. And I'm not saying people need to quit their jobs <laughs> by all means. If someone were to come and offer me, you know, a nice paying job tomorrow, I, I would probably take it. But, um, but that, it, it, in some ways, there's an empowerment in in getting away from that model and thinking I need to have a job, I need to work for somebody instead of I need to work for myself and if things go south, well, then I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'll yeah. will but I'm not going to I'm not going to have to worry about losing everything. You know, yeah. I may have less contracts this month, but I will have some and I'll get all the revenue from those. You know, it's not like in in a business when things go south and you get cut off. Yeah, their their revenue lowers. You lose everything. You don't lose just a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. And and yes, I think you and I maybe are sort of that first generation to kind of adapt to this and figure this out uh, because you know our parents, elder. Uh, baby boomers were of that, you know, you work hard, you'll get ahead and all that. But, you know, Simon Sinek even addresses quite a bit of this if you listen to much of what he talks about. And it really was during the 80s that there was so much of a transference from uh, having a retirement package and having all of those benefits that Mm -hmm. the company held for you to then put that on the onus of the individuals. And of course, that's where layoffs and all that, and they happened before, but it was just really so much uh, during the 80s, uh, according to Simon Sinek, that so much of that transpired. And it kind of moved us where we are, but on the flip side, we do live in, back to that global world you were talking about at the start of our conversation today. You know, So we have the internet, we have accessibility that we have never had before. And so it gives us as an individual, and even as companies, uh, the, the ability to, whether it's diversify or, or reach a new audience, there's so much that plays in that as well. So it's uh, kind of the best of times and worst of times scenario, I think, really, when it comes to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's just a, a reminder that whatever you do, whoever you do it for, um, that person you're doing it for ought to really kind of be yourself. And if you're employed by one organization, just think of them as your biggest client, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah you, you might lose a client. That happens from time to time, but um, it's it's not the only one out there. And and there are different ways to get different clients and there's different ways to get yourself out and in front of people. And I think that's something that has been very surprising to me where in the past, I never would have thought of working as a self-employed individual because that scared me too much. Um, I'm finding now that that's really the only way to, yeah. where I'm at to work. You know, I, I put in other applications and I've had, I think since this all started, I've had one interview, I've had one job interview, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and, and that's, that's the environment that we're in today. Uh, and, and by the way, I didn't get the job on that one just in yeah. case you're wondering, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. for every disappointment that had happened on that uh, front, I've had so many like surprises in that I'm getting work, you know, I, I'm getting jobs um, and, and I'm getting to do some really neat things. I mean, some of the um, organizations that I'm getting to facilitate for, I would have never fathomed that I would get to facilitate for those organizations. Uh, because they're big, major ones and not that they, you know, not that I make tons of money off of those, but it, it, again, it's paying the bills and I'm seeing an increase month after month, you know? So sometimes the hope that that's out there is in a very different, it looks very different than how it did in the past. You know, I think that maybe that's, that's the message from it that, you know, when all is lost, it just means it's time to go another direction. Yeah. 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 That it, it, yeah, it is maybe may all lost in the direction you're going, and and it's important to recognize that you know when you hit the wall, don't keep hitting it, <laughs> but yeah. you know a wall is not a box. There, there there may be another way to go, Um, another way to to get the same you know effect that that you were looking for.
0: Well, you're re- you're really hitting on a great life lesson here too, Steve. When we we stop and think about it, you know because. Even, you know, it used to be the thing, and I'm sure they probably still do it in elementary school today, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, immediately, you don't have to answer out loud, Steve, but for our listening audience, you know, entertain yourself for a minute, put yourself in that elementary school situation, and what did you say then, and what is it you're doing now? Mm -hmm. Very few of us then set out to be where we are now. I mean we talked about uh, just a couple episodes ago talked about the accidental trainer kind of thing was we had caroline caroline uh on our show and she she was talking about the fact that she landed into training and didn't plan to be so many of us regardless of careers land into it without planning but i think the key just as what you're kind of alluding to here uh, is yeah maybe not hitting the wall, keep hitting the wall. But two, the key is just accept what's in front of you, look for options, and then make the best of the situation. Because, yeah, I would have never dreamed of being in the learning development world when I was in school. But gosh, I can't think of anything else I'd rather do now. But I'll tell you what, if we go through another COVID or something else crazy happens and half the globe disappears, I'll change careers and be happy with it, hopefully, you know? Yeah. And so I I think part of it is maybe having an inner drive and an inner peace to just kind of deal with what's there as it comes. Uh, But part of it too is we're blinded by our own comfort. You know, we don't know anything different because of we're our comfort of where we are. So why why get off the couch and see what's on the other side if it's comfortable being on the couch? Mm-hmm. And so it's no fault of anyone's. It's just human nature. But yes. just recognize if you
1: have to get off the
0: couch, <laughs> find you a good spot to get to, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, there might be a nice soft chair somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> if you all know. that
0: makes any sense at all. Yeah. Well, and
1: I think, I think it even goes to things we've said earlier that, you know, if you're not valued in the community you're in, I promise there's a community that will. Yeah. And, and that even goes into the work world. And I'm not saying that I lost my job because I wasn't valued. But right. I mean, to some degree, they looked at the value of what they paid me and the value of what I might bring. And they said, well, we'll do better if we stop paying you. you know, And, and that's not you know a critique that was just the reality of where they were at and where the organization was at and it was something that had to be done but yeah, it it's was a temporary
0: circumstance that led that to that exactly exactly a indictment against anyone
1: no sure. no um although it's really difficult i think as human beings for us not to take things personal you know we yes. hear all the time don't take it personal don't take it personal all right well that's great advice but if anyone could just stop and tell me how not to take it personal <laughs> that would be so much more helpful yeah. than telling me not to do it yeah. you if it's not um, personal do it to that other guy and not me right <laughs> exactly if it's not personal why don't you do it why don't you take it on you know um and and cognitively it's easy to understand that things are not personal emotionally it's a little more difficult yes. for that to happen um especially because there are real consequences that 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 end up coming you know um but this this has been such a, a an interesting year, and again, I, going back to like the twenty twenty, um, are we going to see things clearer? I mean, if I, I see so many more things <laughs> than yeah. than yeah. than what I saw before, so there has been quite a bit of clarity that has come out of this year. But Mike, what I'm curious about, and I'd uh, uh, and I'd like to know, Leonard, if if, uh, if you have anything that comes to mind. I mean, it couldn't have been all bad, right? There must have been some <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. some highlights of the year. I know I, there's, a, there's a, a commercial that I keep seeing on Hulu where um, it's for a dating app where 2020 meets up with Satan. <laughs> 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 and they're a perfect True. match. Um, but, yeah. I, you know... there's, there's, there's moments, right? There's, there's things that make this, and even if it's just the learning, I'm wondering if for you, there's something, there's a highlight if there's a high um, from this year. Yeah. Well, I I do feel uh, my analogy uh, would be that I I do
0: feel like we've seen the dust under the bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it, it, you know, the grit, the grind and the things that we don't want to know is there we've kind of seen this year. Mm -hmm. Whether it's um, some of the social unrest, whether it's some of the things in politics, whether it's just this darn COVID thing itself, you know. Um, But yeah, I I guess for me, it really, you know, I, I can't say that there's a single highlight per se, but it really has been just a kind of time to dig inside and reassess, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, reassess what's of value to me. Mm -hmm. And knowing what's of value to me, what can I do to either bring more of it into my life or be a better steward of those things that I value? And I I think that's kind of my walk away for this year. Um, We have, I mean, it was July that we uh, uh, personally, I'm thinking my family here, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. we we got involved in a nonprofit that uh, we're heavily involved in. Uh, My wife spends... Oh, gosh, almost 30 hours a week doing volunteer work for a women's recovery home. And part of that is also working in a food pantry, giving out food. And I serve on the board of that organization. Um, in, as a part of reassessing, uh, we've fumbled into a different uh, church and, and we attend a different church than we had in the past and are involved there. So there's just a number of things that have happened. Uh, But I think all of it has been a part of that reassessment. Um, How how about you, Steve? Do you have a specific or are you you a little
1: more general (laughs) like I am? Well, well, I I specifically asked you first because I wanted time to think. (laughs) But I found that that time didn't help me that much. (laughs) The podcast, not long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think for me, you know, like the moments that have, have been, you know, it's interesting because you've talked about all the changes that have happened in, in your life. You've been attending a new church. Um, I'm actually attending a church now, not that I've, I've uh, necessarily found God or anything, but um, they pay me to be there. <laughs> so, well, that's one way to get attendance up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we look at the, these con- the contract work uh, that I do, and a lot of it's producing, producing virtual calls. Well, you know, uh, churches have had to go virtual as well. Right, and so um, I, I now have one client that I do a virtual production for. And it's been interesting. It's been interesting because um, in just the last couple of, of weeks that I've had a chance to to um, work with them, not that it's changed my my perspective on on the world or anything, but I have kind of like learned to love these people quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that might be even one of my highlights. I think, I think the biggest highlight for me this year has been an opportunity to connect with so many people around the world. Mm. I, I, I lived in a global environment before um, in my previous job, but it wasn't nearly as global as it is today, uh, where um, I have usually one or two nights a week where I end up working through the night producing calls that um, are happening on the other side of the globe. And it's, it's an amazing and wonderful experience to get to meet these people and to connect with them and to have that reminder <laughs> that we mm-hmm. are global, that we're one human family, that before I am an American, I am a citizen of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, rather than America first, it's, it's humanity first. It's, um, and that, that mm-hmm. reminder is something I, I, I really wouldn't want to give up. And I'm grateful that it, that happened, that that happened this year and I had this opportunity. Um, that said, I'm looking forward more to next year. (laughs) Yes. I I may be overly optimistic and we may play this tape back and go, oh my goodness, I was so naive going into 2021. But, you know, I'm I'm very optimistic looking at um, the multiple uh, vaccines that are now um, working their way through, some that have even been approved by some governments um, at this time and even the beginning of some inoculations that are happening outside of um, the study portion of it and so i feel like maybe by the end of quarter two there'll be some normalcy Um, i feel like an industry that i i I don't know if i'll be working in again but that i love which is hospitality and travel will be outrageously busy you know I, i talk to people every day who um In the past used to travel constantly or used to go to conferences and things like that and i promise i have not met one that isn't just biting at at their leashes for the that's probably a bad way of saying it chopping at the bit um who who wouldn't do anything to be back in an in-person live classroom they wouldn't do anything to be back in a conference again so um i think we're going to see that industry recover um, maybe not recover because it'll take, but it's going to become very busy uh, going into that second quarter. So I'm excited to see that happen as well. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what's happening with Upwards Unlimited, um, with the book we're writing, uh, with the uh, contacts that are being made, and the opportunity to to really share training and development with a wider world. You know, going into 2021. So I don't know, what are you what are you thinking of, Leonard? What are you excited about going into 2021?
0: Yeah, well, I- immediately, it is it is the book that you and I are working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know it dusted it off a couple of times, and I, I feel real good about <laughs> getting a little bit further than just doing some dusting on it this time, and especially over the next uh, few weeks, uh, kind of as we have a little bit of a lull or break during the holidays mm-hmm. here. Um, And then two, also getting some certification uh, to facilitate some additional training uh, for Upwards Unlimited uh, and looking forward to doing that. We'll announce that once that happens, at least on on that site, on the upwardsunlimited.com site. And uh, generally optimistic about the future, uh, as crazy as that might sound to some, uh, just for the fact that... uh, we as a species, human beings—you talk about the humanity—we uh, we are resilient. You know, so far we've managed to survive. However many thousands of years we've been on this planet, and so, you know, this might be big, and a big dot in history, but in the all of humanity, uh, it's it's not as bad as it can be. Uh, and again, not to say it's not serious, not to say it's not bad. But I just I just feel that we will bounce back from it and we'll move forward and hopefully as a collective be a much better community because of it.
1: And, you know, um, one other thing I'm just really excited for, and I got to say it because people who know me know I love astronomy. I'm so excited about this Christmas star. Do you know about that, Leonard? Yeah, so I hear it's two stars or two planets that are going to align. Go go ahead and
0: uh, yeah, fill, fill me in beyond what Facebook says about it. <laughs> yes, I, I get news feed from my wife, and uh, she's a, a big Facebooker, and <laughs>
1: uh, you know, Facebook's been known to be a little
0: unreliable here.
1: So, so Jupiter and Saturn um, will be lining up, and I think it actually their best alignment happens a couple days before Christmas. Um, but Jupiter and Saturn are the two brightest objects in the sky after the sun and the moon. Uh, those are still going to be much brighter, uh, but those two will line up and create what's going to look like a superstar, and it's going to happen right over the, the days leading up to and, and, and on Christmas. Um, and uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be beautiful to look at if you have a telescope, even if you have some decent binoculars, um, at certain points, you should be able to see both of them in the same view. And you can see with some good binoculars, you can see, uh, the rings of Saturn and you can see the moons of Jupiter, um, as well. And you'll see those all in, in one viewer, if you, um, look at it at the right time. But, uh, it's kind of like for me, and again, I don't want to, you know, subscribe or put too much meaning into it, but it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year for everyone. And uh, we're looking forward to 2021 and have the universe give us a nice, pretty like send off to me <laughs> in a way that makes no rational sense at all. None. It just brings some hope uh, yeah. that that things will be better and they can be better. That's great. And
0: I. I- I understand that's supposed to happen about December 21st, I believe it is. Yeah, and I think it's It's on the the
1: 23rd. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, it's our our little Christmas miracle that doesn't quite come on Christmas. Yes. And the first time in how many hundred or eight (laughs) hundred years? Uh, First time in 800 years.
0: 800. Uh, Yeah. uh Yeah. I thought I forgot the last time it happened. So, all righty. Well, I guess we will go ahead and draw this to a close, my friend. Uh, So for all of you listening, appreciate our audience being out there. We've made it through. This will be our 38th 38th episode of the year. And we started this project in April and have made it weekly until now. As Steve said, we're just going to take a couple of weeks off. So we will be back on Monday, January the 4th. And look forward to seeing you all then. Give you a chance to catch up on some of those old episodes that maybe you've not heard. Take a look back and see what we've got in the repertoire for you there. Uh, We've had some great guests on here. We've had some really good conversations. And so hopefully that you will find some that you enjoy. And again, we always invite you to reach out to us. You can reach Steve or I by emailing furloughedmailbox at gmail.com and drop us a note and tell us what you've been doing, what's of interest, and maybe if there's anything you would like to see us do a little bit different as we approach 2021. And with that, as always, want to give a big shout out to Upwards Unlimited for sponsoring this podcast, where their specialty is helping you and your teams improve their conversations, connections, collaboration, and community. And with that, we will say, have a happy new year and we will see you on the other side. Bye everyone.